This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Expectations and preparation. It's been doing a series on this in the month of uh, August in preparation for the change uh, that's coming here in this significant year and this September. Uh, we turn uh, the sowing, the year is broken into three parts sowing, growing, and then reaping, harvest, okay? Those are how that God looks at the, uh, you know, the time span. The cycle of life within a year. There's the sowing season, the growing season, and then the reaping season. And so, uh, you know, September begins the reaping season. Amen. Bring a big bucket. Bring, uh, get the biggest thing you can, the, the biggest measure of faith you can bring to it. Amen. Because God's going to be real good to us. All right. Now, uh, we show our expectation by our preparation, and we measure expectation by our preparation. Preparation can be uh, a measurement of expectation, all right? And God looks at it that way. Uh, the title of this message today is Three Sticks and a Switch. Everyone say, Three Sticks and a Switch. All right, uh, God will set or tell us what we can expect because he knows the future. Remember, we don't have to expect, you cannot expect the past. It's done, it's gone, it's been lived. You really can't have much of an expectation for the present, we're, all, we're here. There's nothing to expect, it's an experience of right now, all right? All expectation has to be for the future. Do you know that all of God's plans for us are set in the context of future? Yes. Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the future that I have, the plans that I have for you. And then at the, he caps that off, he says, to give you a hope and a future and an expected end. Yeah. So God gives us an expected end. God wants us to expect some things from him. Expect some things of him. And how we show him that we have heard him is we prepare for what he has told us that he is going to do or that is going to happen. Is that reasonable? Absolutely. All right. Uh, and that's how, uh, how God works. Well, let's look at uh, how many of you know that only God knows the future? It's only God that really knows the future. And... Uh, and this is the, the statement in the Old Testament where he said, I have already gone before you, talking to the children of Israel and leading them into that large wealthy place. I used to wonder about that. Well, the thing of it was, he set the whole thing up. He'd already gone in there, made everything ready. The only thing, the only thing missing was them. You know, and their willingness to follow him into that. You can know that God's already, he's already before the foundation of the world. He's been there before you. Amen. He planned for you. He purposed you. He wrote the script for your life. He ordered the course of your life. He picked the family you were born in, the time, the place, all of it. And if you'll engage with him and hook up with him, it'll keep getting better and better and better. He designed that you would uh, be saved. That he'd pull you out of Egypt, the type of the world. That he'd put you in his kingdom. That he would uh, train you and test you, make sure you got the training right. And when you learn to live by faith and you learn to trust and simply obey him and, and he's proved your heart because you know his heart that you will just whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do, then he'll bring you eventually into the large wealthy place that he has for you. Are you listening? The land of promise where you're living in an experience of believing and receiving heaven here on the earth. Just like Jesus prayed. Are you listening? Jesus prayed, said, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to be healed, to live devil free, debt free, disease free. Are you listening? Amen. That's God's plan. That's attainable and available to us. But you got to keep taking step by step. Uh, you know, keep just following God. Amen. Well, we're, I'm telling you, we're here. 
I mean, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're, have entered into that large wealthy place. And this is, we need to be retrained on how you do life here because it's not like where you come from. It's not even like where you're at right now. You know, thank God for a car that you get in the car and go from here to wherever you want to go. But you don't want to live in your car. Who wants to live in the car? I mean, if if you've had to, I've had to live in it maybe, you know, a night or two if I've been bad. (laughs) We... When we moved from New York to uh, Alabama, it felt like we were living in it. We were a baby for about a week it took to drive down here with two little babies. But you know what I'm saying. You know, you don't live in the hallway, you, in the transition. Eventually, you get to where God wants you to go. Are you listening? The whole trip was about out of Egypt into the promised land. You don't live in the into part of it. You, you're going through that. How many of you have been through some things with God? How many of you learned to trust God in the things you've gone through with Him? But how many of you know God doesn't just want you to keep circling around and keep going through the same things? He wants to get you out of all that and into the better. All right. All right. Well, that's an expectation. It's a, it, is a, it is a revealed expectation. And it is a, it is a renewed mind, reasonable expectation. Look at your neighbor and say, you know what? I can expect better. I should expect better than how it's always been or how it is right now. Do you think this is all the good God can do for you the way that it is right now? Do I have any kind of a witness in this place right now? Any kind of... Is, is God better than this? Is God better than that? Is God better than, than how it's been or, or how it is right now? Does God have more? Oh, I believe it. I'll tell you what now. I'll holler at you from the hill if that's the first we can go. Throw a rope to you, but you're going to have to grab a hold of it. You're going to have to want to come on up a little bit yourself. But round here, we're going. Hallelujah. And we'll take you with us if you want to come. Come on up in my faith. I can't go down in yours. Now, you need to come up here with me. Amen. Are are you listening? That's not a bad thing. We're not being superior. That's my job. That's my job. It's to holler to you from here. Hey, there's better grass up here. Come on. Why, we're starving to death down there. Come on up here. There's more than enough. Amen. More than enough room. Now, the example of Scripture we have in the life of Jacob over in Genesis 30th chapter and 31st chapter. It's the story of Jacob. His name means heel, grasper, grabber, or subplanter. The term subplanter is not really a word that we use in modern English, but it means this. It means to take the place of another as through force, scheming, or strategy. Uh, I used this example earlier. It'd be like you're in the line, you're next in line, the window, they're going to give you your stuff, and somebody comes along and just bumps you out of the way and gets your stuff. Yeah. That's a subplanter, all right? You know, uh, everybody say not so good. All right, well, that was Jacob's name. And this is the story of Jacob and his interaction with his father-in-law, Laban. Now, Laban and Jacob were birds of a feather, all right? In other words, these two kind of run uh, together. They were both out for what they could get. They were both the, the definition of subplanter and grabber, grasper. They were out to outdo one another in their attitudes. The difference to them was Laban was older, he had more experience, and Jacob was going to get a good taste of what his future was going to be like if he continued with that same attitude. Laban was the lesson. How many of you ever had some Laban lessons? Some lot lessons. Some, you know, aren't you glad for the Bible that tells all of it like it really is? They're all examples. Are you listening? Some of it do that. Some of it don't do this. Isn't that right? All right, but they were men of the same character. Now, their dealings were over 14 years. Laban as a subplanter, he really always, he got the big end of the stick in all of their dealings over, he bettered Jacob every time. 
And in Genesis 30, verse 25 through 36, I don't have time to read all this, but I'm going to give this as your homework because I know I live in the midst of a people who desire dearly and are diligent to read their Bible on a regular basis. They also hear a word and then they go find out and prove for themselves that what is being preached is true because they search the Scriptures for themselves. Amen. That's the kind of people I pastor, and I love it. I can't tell you. Oh, I love the, your heart towards God. Amen. And your growth and your development and maturity, and you've been trained to read. How many of you can read? How many of you can read? I see some college-age kids that won't raise their hand. Can you read? How are you going to get... Well, no, we do voice-activated, you know. Can you still read? What if the electricity goes out? Well, it's not electricity, it's a phone, you see. I don't get, you know, listen, there's more to life than that device. Amen. Amen. There's still old-fashioned leather and paper. Can you read? Raise your hand. Shout, praise the Lord. You live in a nation where they taught you to read. You had access to good education so you could read these words for yourself. Amen. So you do chapters 30 and 31 for yourself. I'm going to give you an overview. Jacob came to Laban. He said, look, I'm going to go back home. Uh, I've got the women uh, here. I've got a passel of children. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm home, so I'm ready to go home. I think he was, he was tired of the, Laban's dirty dealings as well. And uh, Laban said, look, I don't want you to go. I've still, let me just voice his thoughts. There's still a little more blood in this little turnip. I'm going to squeeze you, son. <laughs> There's got to be some way. I, I've been blessed because while well, you've been here and you've been working to me, I've been increased to that, and I just feel like I can get some more out of you. And that was Laban's thing, okay? <laughs> That's why Jacob wanted to leave. Are you listening? But anyway, uh, so Jacob, uh, he said, tell me what I need to pay you. That's what I'm going to pay you. And, and uh, Jacob said, no, you're not going to pay me anything. He purposely positioned himself where God would be his source. Well, here's the thing. Either God's your source or the devil's your source. How many of you have dealt with the devil? The devil has dirty dealings constantly. Isn't that right? He's going to cheat you, steal from you, kill you, destroy you in any way that he can. So this is, uh, uh, you know, boy's kind of between a hard, he's in between a rock and a hard place. I mean, you know, he's got, it's not just him uh, now he's got a whole family to deal with. He's got hungry uh, people, to children to feed, all that kind of stuff. So he agreed to the thing. He said, all right, look, uh, I'll work for you, but you don't pay me anything. And then he set himself. See, Jacob believed in the blessing of God. Do you remember? He cheated his brother to get the blessing. He deceived his father and played along with a, a scheme you know, uh, so now, now he had a wrong motive, uh, he had a wrong method, but I believe the motivation of his heart, he had respect to the covenant, the blessing. He wanted that, but he wasn't in line to have that. But in God's order of things, he was, because God had told Rebecca, he said, now there's two nations fighting in your womb. Now listen, it wasn't just natural nations. God said, Esau have I hated. Why? Esau had no respect. No, no want to, no need to where God was concerned. Esau, Esau was a slug, you understand? I mean, where God was concerned, it's like, I don't need God. What good's a birthright? What good is all that? So he, he just had no, all he did was just what his natural appetites were concerned. No respect whatsoever. And, and uh, uh, God had spoken when she, there was a fight going on inside of her with these babies and she said what's going on and God says there's two nations in you and he goes and the younger will rule over the thing so God had already spoken that mm -hmm. so Rebecca put, put feet on her press and helped God and however you get there sometimes you know it may not be the best of circumstances or the, uh, or the best way but here's Jacob he had respect for that blessing now let me tell you what that blessing was he led us in on that years later when he stood in front of Pharaoh and he said the God of my fathers he said who blessed me and told me I would be uh, no, actually he was blessing his sons and, he, and he, said, he said the God of my fathers bless you he said he blessed me and said he would make me Prosperous and numerous. Uh -huh. The blessing of Jacob was prosperity and, and numerical increase and multiplication. Well, now, he kind of was backwards here. God had given him two wives and 12 sons. 
or ten sons and daughters. Beyond that, amen? So he already knew the blessing was working for him. Numerous, a numerous people. Are you listening? And he knew the prosperity was working, but it was working for Laban. Let me tell you something. God prospers us for the people for our lives. You want to get in a flow of prosperity with God, get some people for your life. Care about more than just you and your four no more. Are you listening? Listen, help God build the church for you, for your children, for your children's children, for the neighbor's children and their children's children. Are you listening? Get some people for your life. You're in God's purpose and He is prospering that. There are plans for that. Plans to prosper you. Amen. The large wealthy place is about people for your life. Are you hearing? Amen. So he put himself way out on it. He put himself way out there so far in the thing uh, that because uh, he knew how Laban was. He said, listen, and he didn't want Laban. He wanted to close the door to the devil completely. He wanted to put himself in a position where only God was his source and there was no argument about that. No man could say, I made Jacob rich. Well, he got that from his father Abraham. See, when you tithe, you're saying the same thing. When you give to God as your source and you live out of your giving, you're saying the same thing. Because then the world has no argument. Are you listening? Well, you just got there because of your degree. Because you got lucky and got a good job. It don't make sense to give away and get more. Yet there is he that scatters and yet increases. He that waters will himself be watered. Give and it will be given to you. But not just a dime and a dollar. It will be pressed down, shaken together and running over and thrown back on top of you. Come on now. This is boy understood this. Prosperous. Really prosperous. Amen. And numerous. Hallelujah. If you're going to have folks for your life, then you're going to have to have some finances. Mm-hmm. Lord, I need a nice house to invite people over to and feed them good food and a supper so they feel obligated to listen to me when I say, now I called you all over here to feed you, to wine you and dine you. To, are you listening? Now I'm going to be heard, you understand? I need 15 more minutes of your time. How many of you have given your heart to Jesus? Oh, it got quiet then. Isn't that right? Well, it's all right. We're going to serve dessert while you, get the, while you think about it. Yes. Amen. Yes. How many of you know? People may not come to church where you feed them spiritually, but if you tell them, come on over, we're going to have prime rib tonight. Now I'm cooking your favorite cheesecake. Why, what's up? I just want to be good to you. Come on, free meal. What's wrong with you? I mean, some of you, how many of you, how many of you sat through these timeshares and Sandy got a card the other day, said, we can go to Big B Barbecue, get a free meal. All we got to do is listen to something. I go, I'll eat at my house. Thank you. But <laughs> I happen to know Jesus ain't going to be at Big B Barbecue selling the gospel and that's a waste that I'd rather have a hot dog to home. Amen. Are you listening? But anyway, no offense about Big B, they're good people. But you know what I'm talking about. The world uses that. Well, why can't we use that same method? It's a good thing. But, you know, why can't you say, look, I'm, you know, hey, come on, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to be big B barbecue, all you want. I got the back room. We're going to just have a nice time. And then the last 15 minutes, you present the gospel. Amen. Only reason I could do this because God's been good to me and he just wanted to be good to you. He cares about you being hungry. And then go invite hungry folks. Go invite folks that, that wouldn't normally get to go to Big B Barbecue. Amen. Invite the people. That's a big deal to them. Hallelujah. Amen. Love them up real good. Celebrate them. Amen. Invite them to a, a feast and a party. Well, it takes money to do that. Yes, it It takes money to do that. Amen. So he positioned himself, though. And in tithing, we're declaring God ourselves. Don't be afraid to get all the way over there in God. When you're looking at the seed... And your need, and the choice comes between trying to make that little bit of bread go around, throw it in, throw it in there, throw it on in there. Get it into God's hands. Because you know you can get two fish and two, you can get two crackers and five little sardines in God's hands. And, it, and it'll, feed, it'll go a lot further in God's hands than it will in your hands. Amen? 
I'm teaching real good whether you know or not. Anyway, long and short of it, the Bible says that uh, uh, over the course of six years, there were some supernatural things that happened. And Jacob uh, let, uh, his, uh, let us in on that. As it said, Laban went through the uh, flock and, and Jacob set this deal up. He said the, the terms of the deal. He said, here's what you do. He said, the, the speckle, the spotter, spotted in the model will be my wages. He said, you go, and Laban, Laban went through the flocks and took out any opportunity. All of the animals that were speckled, spotted, and modeled, he took them, took them three days' journey. So all, all Jacob had left was the solid color animals. Well, there's no way in the natural that, you're gonna, that he was ever going to get anything out of that. In the natural. But it wasn't natural. It said the day after uh, uh, Laban took all the natural means away, Jacob went and got three sticks because Jacob was getting ready for a switch. You know what a switch is? It, <laughs> let me write it down. I wrote it down, so I want you to know. Uh, it is, uh, let me make sure where I wrote it here. It is a shift or a transference if sudden or unexpected. It's attached to sudden and, inex and unexpected. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Laban didn't know that God was going to pull a switch on him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Jacob went and got three sticks. Now let me tell you what these three sticks were. Uh, they became lightning rods for God's power. Did you know your faith is a lightning rod of God's power? This boy, uh, in the natural, you don't put a stick in front of a solid color animal, two solid color animals, and you get a spotted, mottled, or, or a streaked animal out of it. But he believed that because he said, I saw it in a dream. He said, God showed me in a dream. And the angel of the Lord called attention to it. He said, do you see this? I see what Laban's trying to do to you. And he said, you need to see what I'm trying to do for you. He said, see it? All the animals that are, when they're mating, he said, all the bucks, which are the determiner of the DNA, usually have the dominant DNA. They always say bull or buck or rams over half the herd. Okay. Are you listening? Amen. You want to prove your herd, you get a different bull. You don't start with the cows, you get a better bull. All right. So anyway, he said, you see this? All of the male animals that are mating, he said, they're going your way, son. They're spotted, streaked, and mottled. And so he went out. Now, it didn't say that, he didn't say that God said get some sticks. This was Jacob's idea. Mm -hmm. Well, what am I going to do to show God that I, have a, that, I, that I heard him and I'm expecting and I'm and in my preparation? He went and did the only thing he could do. He got, some natural, he got some natural, some sticks, and he put them out there. Listen, it became a lightning rod of the power of God. When he put that stick in front of those animals, are you listening? It became exactly what he saw it in the vision, in the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm changed the natural realm because of the, the supernatural power of God. Now, he was operating in the natural realm, but he was transcending that as a spiritual man. He'd heard from God. It wasn't an ordinary plan. Tithing's not an ordinary plan. Giving to God's not an ordinary plan. Going to church on a Sunday when you could be doing something else, not an ordinary plan. This ain't no ordinary book. We're not ordinary people. Hey. This is a picture of the one of, one of the pictures of a great wealth transfer. And we're on the we're on the next Sunday we'll be in it. We'll be in the beginnings of that. And it's just going to get bigger and greater and bigger. Now listen, you need a greater faith. Yeah, it's a faith in the supernatural of God. You're going to need it cuz the naturals there's no way in the naturals that a Christian's ever going to prosper. A Christian that has a heart for God, there's no way the natural system is against you because the devil's behind that. That's the truth. You might as well upset that. You're dealing with the devil in the world. But we're dealing with God in heaven, and here in this world, we're not of this world. We're of God, so we're going to deal with the devil, but it's going to be our way. The world won't do you no favor, but you know the blessing brings favor, and favor brings good success, and good success is attractive. Amen. Now, this is not all the short of it. Listen, as good as that is, you need to understand it. it says, Jacob said this. He said, you change, your father changed my wages ten times in six years. You got to do your homework in there. You'll find all of these things in there. Six years. 
And the deal was the first year, you know, he said it'd be spotted. Uh, and all of, the, all of the babies were spotted. So then Laban said, well, you know, he can't get lucky two times in a row. We'll just change gears here. Evidently, there's a proclivity in the DNA of whatever animals are left there. There's a natural proclivity that there's somewhere there they got a spotted gene. So we'll just change it. Next year, they'll be straight. Uh-huh. Well, let me just tell you, who made the genes to begin with? God can take a red dog. Are you listening? And a brown dog and create and make a pink dog if he wants to. They even got hairless dogs now. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, you know. God can do the supernatural. God can do the impossible. God can change things from the inside out. Everybody say, change, change. Is, possible. is possible. Now, this is the greatest message of that is change is possible. No matter what the devil does, it, Proverbs, the 21st chapter, 30th verse, it says, nothing clever, nothing contrived, nothing conceived can get the better of God. Amen. See, when God's your partner, the devil ain't going to get the better of you. Amen. When you're believing God, God's not, the devil's not going to get the better of you, but you've got to believe better of God. So here's the thing. He's changing, you know, the game every time you turn around. And, and you, but you need to realize with Jacob, Jacob's having to walk by faith. This is all by faith. This is the benefit of being a faith person, of being trained in, in faith and spiritual things, how things operate. You can't go by what you see. You have to go by what you have seen. You have to go by what God shows you, not what the world and natural circumstances are showing you. Amen. Because how many of you know when, uh, you may not know this if you don't deal with goats and sheep or whatever, but, it, you know, they don't pop them out tomorrow. And it's more than a 30-day project. Some people have six-day faith. Amen. I'm not going to be mean, but when it comes to the seventh day, they only made it to Saturday and they, didn't miss, and they missed church on Sunday. Praise the Lord. Let me let that sink in a little bit. See, don't miss out on this stuff. I mean, this stuff's too good. I mean, God's already written the script. We win. Amen. And we're going to have a, the winningest season you've ever had. 2017 is going to be the winningest year. We're actually tipping over into a new 50-year cycle of blessing according to the calendar, the great calendar of God, how he keeps time that's going to begin in October. You don't want to miss this. I mean, surely, all you've been through, you don't want to miss the best, the better part that's coming. Amen. Wake up now. Come on, wake up. Wake up. It's all right. You, you can go. You take a nap this afternoon. Now's not the time. I know you've been watching TV, and they know they can give you five minutes worth of TV and 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 sixteen minutes worth of commercials, but they got to flip them every thirty seconds because that's our attention span. Why are there so many commercials? Oh, glad they're back to the show. Why the show's only actually 16 minutes long? <laughs> An hour show, 16 minutes a show. The rest of it's all commercial. They've trained us that way. Not be able to, so broke we can't pay attention. Amen. So now, here a thing. I'm getting, I got to get you ready even, you know, for school up in heaven. If you don't know nothing down here, don't think when you get in there, first thing you're going to do is get in the know. We'd have to go back to school for a thousand years. Just go a few years down here. It'd be much better. Amen. So there's no natural way, but God made a way where this was concerned. Now realize though that with goats and sheep that it's a four or five month deal. So he's got to walk by faith. He's looking at a what? He's looking at a brown goat that's been bred by another brown goat and he's believing and Laban said these are the parameters. It's got to be speckled. Well, in the natural, that ain't going to come out. There's no way that's ever going to come out. But that's not what he called it. Jacob, Jacob didn't accept no way. He's just looking at that mama saying, oh, you're going to have some. You're not just going to have one. You're going to have triplets. And they're all going to be speckled. <laughs> and the devil probably says, now, why would that be? He says, because I said so and I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I believe the blessing. And the blessing means I'm going to be prosperous and numerous. These aren't one baby goats. These are triplet having. These, are, these ladies have triplets. Because it said the strong ones, how many of you know three's better than one? The strong ones he kept for himself. They were the only ones that got to see the sticks. The weak ones he kept for Laban. 
<laughs> Amen. All the goats that had one baby, that's Laban's. All the ones that had three, those are mine. So the strong ones he got and the weak ones Laban got. There was a switch going on. Three little sticks, lightning rods, and there was a switch going. But you know what? I believe the greatest... I believe that the greatest miracle wasn't on the outside. You know, this trouble, it, Jacob was kind of driven to God, uh, deeper into God because of the trouble on the outside. And we do that sometimes, don't we? We're, we're driven to God because of the circumstance or the situation or these folks that are trying to cheat me or this or that, you know. Uh, but you know, Laban really was a daily reminder and a mirror for Jacob because they were men of the same character. But over the course of time, Laban couldn't be changed and wasn't changed. I mean, the end statement that he had with Jacob, he said, these wives, they're mine. These grandchildren, they're mine. These flocks, they're mine. He never changed his mind. It was all was his. But you know, God interrupted him. He was out to hurt, hurt Jacob. God interrupted Laban in a dream. He gave Laban a dream and he said, you be careful what you say to Jacob one way or the other. God let him know, I'm listening and I'm watching, son. And that boy is blessed. You be careful. You be careful with what I blessed and who I blessed. Aren't you glad to have partnership with God? God will take those that are out to get you. Remember with Saul of Tarsus? He had papers in his hands to destroy the people of God. But Jesus interrupted him. How did Jesus interrupt him? He's riding high on his horse and Jesus just goes, and Saul, are you listening? And he told him, he said, son, this is dangerous and it's not going to turn out well for you. If you keep on doing it, he said, Lord, what would you have me do? I love this story. He said, you're going down the straight street, and I'm going to straighten out your string, boy. I'm going to straighten you up. Are you listening? Now, did God blind Saul? No. The instant Jesus showed up, or you got that close to him, how he really was, was manifested. It's a wonder he didn't kill him, you understand? Because, I mean, he was over in the bad, he's in destruction. But he was blind, wasn't he? Anybody that's trying to destroy the work of God, persecute Jesus, is blind. Yes. Well, it manifested immediately. Amen. Are you listening? And it took God, the Bible says when, uh, when prayer through a, a disciple, it says something like scales fell from his eyes. Mm -hmm. The religious scales fell off his eyes and now he could see. Because of an encounter with God. I expect some supernatural encounters with God. Yes, yes. Amen. I was taking out the garbage on Friday. Boy broke down. He told me, uh, uh, and I give him a ride to his house. He's broke down in the churchyard out here. And I'm telling you, God had hemmed that young boy up. He got a praying sister and who knows whatever. And I mean, he got in the car and he got this close to giving his heart to the Lord. Amen. He wasn't quite ready, but I told him, I said, son, you're this close. I said, isn't this something? I said, he goes, I don't know how my tire blew out. I thought, I know now. I said, God, I said, God, I said, you realize I pastored the church where you're broke down at? And he goes, no kidding. <laughs> I said, can I pray with you? I prayed with him. And I'm telling you, he began to weep and just his heart was open, but he just wasn't quite there. Pulled up in his sister's yard. You know, his old business sister, she's got this little sticker that says, God first. <laughs> I said, I said, son, I said, God, I said, you need to pay attention. God is setting you up. Now that was supernatural. I said, that was supernatural. God's after people and God's going to get them and it's going to get easier. Listen, it don't get no easier than then God put his, broke, his cars broke down in the yard and I'm pulling the garbage cans out. What are the chances? That I should have already been gone a long time ago. I'm pulling the garbage cans out and he's walking down the thing and there we are, right in front of you. Harvest right in front of you. God can change things. The biggest change for Jacob was inside, not outside. 
Because you know while Jacob's punching these things out, he's thinking about, you know, because it got to where Laban was changing in six years, ten times, there was a few years in there where he changed it two, three times in the middle of everything. But Jacob's out there, you know, while he's doing this, he's certainly thinking about what God's doing. But you know, it's hard sometimes to ignore what the devil's trying to do to you. And it's hard to realize sometimes that we sometimes are getting what we've sown, what, we've opened, what we're, we're subject to, the seeds that we've sown, what we believed. You know, I, I don't worry so much that the devil got in, but I want to know how and why. How did I give access to the devil when I belonged to God? Hmm? Well, usually it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's that area I'm not like Jesus in. I haven't given that area over to Jesus. Are you listening? And usually the things that I don't like that other people do are the very things that I'm guilty of and doing my own self. I believe God was working not just on the outside. That's what I told that young man. I said, I said, now you need to pay attention. I said, because God's been working on the inside. I said, now it's broke out to where he's working on the outside. He said, don't miss your moment, honey. This is serious and it's significant. So while God's working on the outside of Jacob, let's reverse it. He's also working on the inside. Jacob, you want to be a Laban? Do you want to be like this? Is this what your legacy is going to be? Is this what you're going to be known for, Jacob? Are you going to be like that? And I believe that Jacob began to desire, even from the negative side at first, saying, no, Lord, I don't want, I want you to change me. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to sow seeds like that anymore. The whole thing was about the big message was is that God, that change is possible. God change is possible. And that God changes the DNA of goats and sheep. But you know, God does more and greater than that. God can change the heart of a man or a woman and change your whole life. And in fact, he did, didn't he? This man that was called Jacob before God completed because the promise was Jacob laid his head on a stone as a teenage boy and he said, God, if you'll bring me back safely to my father's house and to this land, he said, I will, you'll be my God. The sign of that is I'll tithe, I'll give to you. Whatever you give to me, I'll give to you. I'll keep covenant with you. And the night before, he was on the very edge of, of stepping back into, listen, his large wealthy place, the promised land. God had told him, he said, the land where you're laying your head, I'm going to give it to you and your children. Here he is standing on the edge of that. And there's a wrestling match going on. Just God, just Jacob. And they wrestled all night long. And Jacob said, I want you to bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. <laughs> this is, I'm going to give you an internal of what the angel goes. And how many of you know the angel was Jesus? Amen. said, all right, I'm going to bless you. Tell me your name. Jacob. Well, here's the blessing, Jacob. You're not going to be called Jacob anymore. You're not ever going to be like Laban. You're not going to wind up like that. From now on, your name is Israel. Prince with God. I'm changing not just your name, Jacob, I'm changing you. And boy, oh, howdy, God did, didn't he? You know what being born again is? I'll change you. You might have started out one way. You might have been born and, and your birth name was such and such and so and so, but God has a brand new name for you. Born again, believer. 
Amen. And one day he's going to hand you a stone personally with just a name, his pet name for you inscribed. On it's, it's your real God-given name, who he called you to begin with. Amen. Real prosperity is all of it. It's not just circumstances, situations, and material wealth. It's God changing us and then God giving us people for our life. Amen. Every time God announced and associated himself, now he said, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. God calls himself, I'm the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And oh, how he loved Jacob, rascal that he was. Jacob probably needed to be changed more than any of them. But God can change us, amen. You know, you may be here today. If you never asked Jesus into your heart, today would be a good day, amen. God wants to do different for you, be better to you, but he's got to get you over into his family. You may also be here. You need to change from the inside. Uh, you know, your circumstances and situation may be the thing that's driving you to go deeper in God, but I got good news for you. Long as you're here, long as you come all the way through the woods and we're standing at the at the Y and the road. And we really are. Aren't you? Why don't you make a, a decision? Why don't you choose God? Why don't you choose more of God than you've ever? Why don't you choose to give more of you than you've ever given to God in your life? You know, he's, for those of you that are... are are even remotely aware of this pull on your life. Who's doing that? It's not what. You know, the circumstances, the situation may push you, but if you'll wake up, you'll find really God's pulling you. I'm going to ask you to respond to that. Part of the preparation and training in our lives is get us to learn to respond to God. Here we are, all of us together, right here. And you can just, I mean, God's just all over top of this, all over you right now. We have to learn to yield to Him. Because if we can't learn to do it here, then you're never going to recognize it when you're pulling the garbage cans out. That you're in a God moment. Or when you're wherever you're at and God gets all up over the top of you and those are the days that we're entering into. They really are. There's so much more that God wants to give you, wants to use you and wants to you to do and to be and to have for him. Amen. I'm going to ask you just, we're not going to take very long at all, but I, I want to ask you to respond to God. Amen. Just stand up where you are. If you want to move up to the front, I promise you, I'll keep you three minutes in this 180 seconds to change in your life. Do you have 180 seconds worth of focus and attention and response to God today? Amen. We show God our expectation by our preparation. <laughs> you show God faith by going and getting a stick and putting it in the ground. God sees faith. You know, at some point in time, hope has to take the step in the right direction in order to cross over into faith. I hope to change. I hope to...
please God. I hope to do better. Well, you need to stand up in hope, but you need to move out in faith. And it's that easy. And God will do the changing. Jacob couldn't change himself. and He couldn't change those animals. But God, in a, in a simple obedience, changed everything. Changed everything. We're in a change everything year. And we are at a significant turning point. Amen. If you need God's help, the blessing is God's help. If you need God's help, if you want God's help, if you'll acknowledge that by simply saying, God, I can't do it myself. I can't change me. I can't change the circumstances, but I believe that you can and you will. Why don't you just stand up, make a move towards God. And, you know, uh, I'll start the clock right now. It's 12.35, 90 seconds, three minutes, 180 seconds to change your life. Be the best move you ever made. Because God watches. If he was watching Laban, God was watching Jacob. God saw hope. God saw a move of faith. God saw the heart. Amen? And I, I'm, listen. Those of you that feel led to, you feel like you need to move beyond where you're at. Sometimes it's significant that you step out of where you were. You know, when they went to the temple, the king came in one gate, but he was never allowed to go back out the same gate. Isn't that interesting? It gave specific instruction in the worship of the Old Testament. It said the king will come in one gate, but he doesn't go back out the same one that he came in. What does that say? I come in one way, as Pastor Sandy says, but I go out another way. Now is your opportunity for it to be another way for you. You need another way for you, come, come to Jesus. Amen. Make a move towards God. Oh, it's training. It's all training. It's all training. Amen. Life is movement. Sometimes you just got to move. Well, I'm good right where I'm at. Well, you know, you sit right back down to what you came in. Make a move towards God. Hallelujah. There's no room for me. There's always room for you. Get in the line. Make a move. Amen. Be bold. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't block the aisle, guys. Your whole hands. Let these folks in. There you go. Come on. Come on. You need to make a move towards God. How many of you need God to change everything around for you? Amen. Would you give up good for better? I know God's been good to you, but this is a time about giving up good for better. Amen? I'm ready for everything to change. There's a better one. I said there's a better one. There's a better. Be willing to make the exchange with God. There's a better one for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, we got two minutes left according to that little red clock on there. If you want in, you need to get in. You know, God's not impressed with knowing your heart anymore. And you, and you just, you know, God knows my heart, but we just keep on keeping on. Amen. God's impressed with knowing your heart and you showing him what's in your heart. Jacob had to show, I've got faith in my heart. I'm going to take an action. I'm going to do something with what I've seen and what I've heard. Amen. I'll tell you, you know, faith without an action, is dead. It doesn't produce anything. The devils believe. Mm -hmm. Amen? But we've got to learn to receive from God. All right? All righty then. I'm going to start this prayer and it's going to end just right on time. It's 38. you got till 39. But Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help us to be a people that are sensitized that are aware, awakened and aware and alert to your every prompting. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. We want to transcend, Lord, that realm that is not seen with the realm that is seen. And we want, Lord, you to change us. 
We want you to rearrange us if necessary. We want you to help us to receive the blessing and to be a blessing in a greater measure. Now, Lord, there are circumstances and situations that are pressing on people's lives. You know, I hear some of you say, I can't commit fully right now. Why? What is keeping you? You can't, some little, you know, piece of, of good enough is keeping you from fully committing to better yet? My goodness. You need to get rid of that right now. Throw that down. You need to be done with that. Amen. You know, well, and you, the devil worrying you in your heart. Well, you can't change. No, but God can change you. And that's what this is about. And this is about God beginning with you and changing everything. I'm telling you, there's a grace for that. That's happening in my life. That's happening in past sin. That's happening in this church. All you got to do is get out in the waters of it. That's all. That's all you're doing. Amen. Well, Father, you've begun a good thing. And it's your thing. Now, Lord, I thank you. You'll complete that. And you'll retrain them, help them, teach us, all of us. Help us, Lord, to walk in this. And to walk this out and work this out with you in Jesus' name. But I declare right now, as of this moment, change the point, the tipping point of change has come. I thank you from this point on, everything begins to change. And that change happens from the inside to the outside. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.